0: Hi, and welcome to the Evolve CEO podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gillies, and this podcast is designed for high achieving CEOs, business founders and entrepreneurs who are looking for ways to expand beyond their business accomplishments, their life and their relationships. We will be taking a deep dive into all topics relating to success, love and happiness. And we will be talking a lot around healing, alignment and manifestation which is the key to actualizing ourselves and reaching our highest potential. Look forward to you tuning in to this week's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Evolve CEO podcast. This is podcast number two. Today we're going to be talking about our mindset, we're going to be talking about brain development, and we're going to be talking about mental health. Now all of these topics are really, really, really important, especially in the modern day and age that we
1: live in. When it comes to health and healing, we feel, well I know from the healing work that I do, this is an area that almost gets overlooked or people don't understand it fully and how our mental processes and our mind have such a big impact on our overall health. We're
0: gonna have a general conversation. We wanna share some of our knowledge. I'm gonna be talking about the stages of brain development, which was off the massive Brain Development Framework. And then Tracy's gonna take you into a bit of a deeper insights into brain structures, what happens to the brain energetically under stress and the like. For those of you who aren't aware of the brain development stages, Literally, when we are born, I'm going to keep this very latent terms, we have an unconscious brain, and it is like a sponge. And from the age of zero to seven, this brain will absorb and take on all of the stimuli from around us, from what we see, what we hear, the emotions, the energy, the behaviors. We pick up a lot of our belief systems and our programming from our parents and our siblings and the people that are closest to us in those younger years. And then obviously for a lot of countries around about the age of five, you might then start into the schooling system or for some people they might start the education system through kindergarten and the like at a lot earlier stage. So there is a lot of influence in our life between the age of zero and seven. And this is called the imprint period. is because it's the outside influences that creates the imprint into our neural pathway programs, which forms our deep unconscious belief systems about the world and ourselves and our environment. Are we loved? Are we safe? Are we worthy? All of these things develop in those early stages. Then we move on into what we call the hero period. And this is usually between the age of 7 and 14, give or take a few years. This is where the neocortex, so the prefrontal cortex of the brain, has developed. And this is where our brains at this age, we start to see things differently. We start to challenge what we've learned. We start to make more logical decisions for ourselves and our thoughts and our processes start to evolve. This is where at a young age you will start looking for role models and heroes and you'll be looking at influence outside of the home, whether it's through the education system or even through movies. And nowadays, social media is huge, right? There is enormous amount of influence Mm -hmm. on social media. Do you want to talk about this stage?
1: not always that greater influence. No, I'll, I'll let you carry on. No,
0: I'll go into the other stages. Let's just dive into those initial two brain development stages because that is the foundation. Every single human being on this planet goes through these stages and the environment and the influences and the people, just everything. Forms our belief systems to a point where it becomes our identity, which flows on into our adult life. In these early stages, let's talk about the influence traits. Let's talk about the world is so much different. Children are exposed to information like never before. We are as adults. Let's talk about the brain development from the stimuli and the information and just the amount of noise and information that is coming.
1: Because when children are younger, up to about 12, or it's kind of earlier now. But up until that point, they're literally asking, am I loved? So they're asking the parent to give feedback on that. And that's their world. And then after the next sort of stage, they start to stop asking the parent and they start asking the world and their peers, what do you think of me? And again, it's changed, hasn't it? There's so much influence, even social media that, you know, people seeing these images on how they should be or what they should look like or how they should behave. And let's be honest, some of those images are not really giving the right messages. So it's hard enough to navigate those times in life. But at this point in time in this modern world with so much noise, so much information, even misinformation, so much of it is also having a huge effect on how people develop that sense of self.
0: 100%. That kind of referenced maybe a child now's brain development in the world that we live in, but we also need to reflect on our own development. What was our childhood like? Were you born in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even later than that? I was born in 77. Tracy was born in 79. Just the beliefs and the programming and the environment and where we lived and what our parents did for a living and all of those sort of things started to form who we, what we believe about ourselves. So 0 to 7 imprint period, 7 to 14 is hero period, and then we get into socialization period. This is 14 to 21. And as Tracy said, this is actually starting so much younger because the amount of information that people are exposed to. But in the socialization period, it's not about what my parents think of me. I don't exactly know their beliefs. I've picked up their beliefs. I've picked up their limiting beliefs. I've picked up their behaviors. This is now, what do my friends think of me and what does the world think of me? And the way we show up between these teenage years is based on what we believe about ourselves from the earlier imprint and earlier stages of our brain development. And then from around about 21 onward till now, this is obviously the adult period. This is where we go into what's called business persona. And this is where whatever we have learned and whatever we have taken on and whatever we believe about ourselves from the day we were born will usually channel us into what we're going to do. What sort of profession, what sort of education, what am I going to contribute to the world? We work with a lot of business people. They fell into the business. It's just kind of whether it was a trade or whether it's in technology or whether it's in finance, a lot of business people... They don't always say that this is exactly their path. This is their passion and purpose. It's just what they were led to move into. Now I want to talk about more around mindset and mental health, now that we've spoken about how the brain was developed, because we need to understand that every person on this planet has got a brain that has been programmed from outside influences. And if you're not living your best life and you are not living in alignment with your higher self and you are not doing and achieving and living your best life and you're stuck in old habitual bad habits or bad patterns or you carry a lot of stress or you're a workaholic and all of those behaviors, They are all learned behaviors and they can be unlearned. We can actually reprogram our mind. And this is the area that I specialize in is diving deep into the deepest unconscious beliefs and programs that we form as children that now show up in our adult life that drive our behaviors and those behaviors and those beliefs drive our actions. Now on top of that, we live in a world that has gotten so fast that people are consuming far too much information, people are carrying a lot of mental stress, people are overthinking, they are trying to figure everything out in their mind, and their mind is not designed to process the level of information that we are exposed to, but people are getting stuck in this trap, okay? And then as a way to relieve themselves, they typically move to an addiction, whether it's addiction to your technology and phone, which is creating more stimulus, whether it's alcohol, drugs, porn, it doesn't matter what it is. People are looking for ways to just release the pressure from their mind. But this compounding effect is now moving into an area that I want Tracy to talk about,
1: But generally those escapisms that people use will cause more disconnection and more damage and more stress at Mm. that mental, neurological level. 100%. The area that I would work very heavily in would be at the level of mind. So if you understand how the brain works, your brain structures are the top organisation and control everything else in your body. Most of the clients I see, they will be stuck in something called sympathetic nervous system dominance and this is the root cause of illness and disease. What actually happens is we're holding so much stress at the level of our mind, it actually has a flow and effect into our autonomic nervous system. And when we're in balance, we should be able to go between our sympathetic nervous system, like when we're busy and getting things done, and then our parasympathetic is the place where we're resting and everything heals and repairs. But what happens is we get stuck. It's like we get locked out of this place that we need to be able to access to heal and repair. So again, it's like the slow decline into ill health. What happens is when we're holding so much stress, it also affects our whole endocrine system. And that's the hormonal system, sorry, response system of our body. So again, we will overproduce cortisol and cortisol is a stress hormone. It's really necessary. But again, when it's being overproduced, it does a lot of damage. We see so many people and they're working so hard on their health and their well-being and all of these things. But what actually happens is when I'm stuck in this deep state of stress, my whole metabolism gets pushed into the same deep state of stress. And Even if I eat really well, so even if I try and eat fats and proteins, my body can't utilize them properly because it wants and needs fast-burned foods to function. So this is where people get those cravings and they say, you know, like refined carbs and sugars and alcohol and all of these things that aren't great for us. It's because we're in this deep state of stress and our body needs it. And when we overproduce cortisol, we'll have inflammation build up. We'll have, you know, again, nothing's digesting properly. Again, most of our immune system is in our GI tract as well. So it just has this huge compounding effect. And I don't think people realize if they were to manage their mental health better, because a lot of people think when I say mental health, I'm just talking about like thinking positively or, you know, that mindset. It goes so much further than that. It is actually understanding how my brain affects the functioning of my body. And then again, it's almost implementing things into my daily life that support good brain function. Again, as we said, we're in this modern noisy world that there's just no escape from all of this information. And my brain just has to constantly be processing, you know, all of this noise, all of this information.
0: And that is why mindset and looking after your mind is really important. But so many people are unaware of the long-term damage and the imbalance that is actually happening at a neurological structure and an energetic structure in their mind. Yes, we keep on diverting into other topics like physical health and how the body goes into a deep state of survival stress and what happens. But that is because the mind and the body are interconnected. People have normalized the amount of pressure and stress that their mind is under because of the world that we live in. People talking about mindfulness practices, they'll be talking about meditation, they'll be talking about silence going in nature. Those are all beautiful practices, but if you don't heal and reprogram the deepest underlying cause that drives the behavior, then they are typically for most people in the world, the meditation and the mindfulness, it's just a management. It's not evolving our mindset and our mental health, it's just trying to manage it.
1: But if I'm stuck in this deep state of stress, I'm literally locked out of the place of that, what I said before, the rest and repair place, your parasympathetic. So even if it looks like I'm meditating or I'm kind of sitting there quietly or I'm resting, if my internal gauge and in my whole central nervous system is that inflamed, that internal gauge won't be relaxed. It's like I can't access these deeper places in myself because, again, I'm literally, again, there's brain structures and things like that holding so much stress. The reason you were talking before about brain development, the reason why it's so important to do that healing work and to look at all of these kind of unconscious beliefs that we're carrying, we form these when we're a child. And as a child, we don't have, you know, the emotional intelligence. We don't have that wisdom and that gauge to be able to view the future in life and how things work. We don't really have that much control. So again, often we're not even, you know, in charge of our own safety or things like that. What actually happens is memory is formed through highly charged emotional states, either something really positive or something really negative. As an adult, I might know that this situation, there's no stress, I'm not in threat, there's no danger. But if my memory or my brain structures tell me different, it's almost like I'll be in a situation in my mind. So my brain will kind of scan my memory to say, what does this represent? How am I gonna respond? If it holds like a negative response, a fight or flight response, that's what I'll do. So again, it's almost like in changing people's lives as well. The brain or, you know, we always want to keep ourselves safe. So we don't really want to put ourselves in danger or threat. And subconsciously, we might be then, you know, responding in a way that we don't even realise that there's kind of this whole other story underneath. So that's why it's like reprogramming the brain to say that I'm safe, that this is fine, and to kind of almost cut down on those survival responses that we don't even realise are constantly playing. And
0: this is typically what a lot of people do through natural instinct for survival, is they will shut down the past. They will actually try and shut down the traumatic or the events or the memories of the past so they don't have to relive it so that they can just move forward into the future. But they don't go away. That's like (laughs) brushing it under the carpet. You can't just brush it under the carpet. It stays there. It's like your unconscious programming, your neural pathways, the, the foundation of your brain that was developed in those first seven years. That is the supercomputer with all of the memory of everything that ever happened. Whether you can remember it or not, it is there. Whenever something happens that triggers you, it could be a fight with your wife, it could be COVID hits and it affects your business, it could be loss in revenue, something could happen and it triggers those emotions, your brain will go into all of those old memory banks, it will literally find all of the other times that you felt this emotional charge and it will relive it through a different lens. And this is why people are in these constant states of mental health, in and out. This is why the narratives and the stories and the overthinking people's brains nowadays, especially people who work in high pressure businesses, high pressure roles and responsibilities. And that's not just business, right? You think about the pressure on a mother or a parent trying to juggle young kids and manage a household and stuff. These are all high pressure, mental stress kind of roles that we have.
1: But even energetically, those memories are stored elsewhere. So there's the study of epigenetics. So again, mm. <laughs> even like our past experiences and our past trauma and all our emotional stuff, it actually stored at the level of DNA and is expressed through our gene expressions. Again, it's almost like we want to change and create a new reality for ourselves. It's like we've got to go back and heal the past to almost recreate something completely different because it you know, memories, all of these things, they're stored at a much deeper level. You know, I could talk on and on. I could talk soul level. I could talk, you know, mind. We I could talk body. Podcast. I could talk all of these things.
0: we got so many amazing topics. We will be going really deep into the podcast. It's hard for us to keep this one confined to just the mind because everything is interconnected. Mind, body, spirit, energy, and then all of the external kind of pillars of our life from our Married to our relationships, to our family, to our business, our finances.
1: But if I could say one thing about the mind, to almost say what would be helpful, is our mind can't tell the difference between something that we're just thinking about and something that's happening. So we can create the same stress response and that cortisol kind of overload happening just by our thoughts so again before we talked about it's more than mindset sure it is but again those thinking processes to be aware when i'm kind of over energy in my mind and manage it neurological structures actually need silence to heal and repair a lot of people kind of think that they'll get that process through sleep but if i'm almost revved up from so much information Even when I go to sleep at night, my neurological structures have to almost process all of this information. When I start talking about these things and I ask people and you sort of explain how technology and all of this overload is Affecting them. It's almost like how much silence are you sitting in a day? How much downtime are you actually giving yourself away from your mind? I think that even mental health needs to be treated like going to the gym. It needs to become specific habits and daily disciplines around this. Like good mental health and mental processes doesn't just happen. It honestly requires putting in some habits or um, things to support it on a daily basis. Because honestly, the world we live in now needs people to focus and actually direct their mind more favorably than ever before
0: and parents need to set the example for our children is because mental health and emotional intelligence is going to be the most important i guess trait that they need to develop to go into the future that we are going into i want to draw you back to the mind and a topic that tracy and i speak a lot about and work with our clients on And this is the masculine, egoic mind, the ego, the voice that controls a lot of our thinking. This is the area that needs to evolve. And it hasn't evolved for hundreds of years, even though the world has evolved. When we think about the masculine ego, this is the logic. This is the thinking. This is the prefrontal cortex. This is where people get caught. This is where people get stuck in their narratives. they have got the unconscious programming that we're talking about that is just keeps on stimulating and driving and triggering more thoughts. People are so stimulated with information and we said before, people are trying to get rest and repair by stimulating themselves through social media or through Netflix or Prime or whatever you watch that we're literally going from screen to screen and we're just constantly putting our mind under the state of stress. Now the egoic mind, when it gets out of control, it will just chase whatever it believes to survive. And for a lot of our clients, they are successful businessmen, but they're also married and they've also got children and they've also got their own health. I've got a lot of responsibilities and when the mind is stressed, it will typically turn them to work harder and push harder to achieve more in their success or their business life, thinking that that is going to give them the answer. But what it actually does, it actually drives them away from their loving relationships and it drives them away from truly investing in their mental, physical and spiritual health. So we need to be very, very mindful of the ego And the stress that the ego is under and also the triggers of judgment and comparison that we are seeing millions of times more because we're now all on technology and social media. Most people aren't living their truth. Most people are just in a survival state of their current reality and they want a different reality. They know they have more. They know they feel stuck. They know their mind gets a little bit out of control, but they're not really have structure or not doing the healing to get them out of it. Our podcasts aren't going to be long podcasts. They're going to be highly informative and topic specific. But I thought we could now talk more about what you can do to help your mind and your mental health, and what's really important, unless you've got something else to share.
1: I did talk before about a few habits, but one really good one is how I said before, when I go to bed at night, my subconscious has to process the day and it has to work out what's important and what's not important. So there's kind of transition states when you go to sleep, and then there's another part of sleep where you actually reconnect with your higher self and your spiritual guidance. But again, if I was to order my mind before I went to bed, that would actually help. It means my mind has to do less work on what it needs to process. And we get a lot of our clients to do that process journaling. We love that process, don't we, Greg? Totally. Um Again, before bed, that's a great time to kind of write down, I don't know, even how the day went, worries, all of those things. It's like I'm just letting my mind have this break and put it on pen and paper because Greg was saying something before. What happens with the mind is it wants to keep us safe. I was talking about that, but it also wants to affirm kind of what we believe to be true. And so again, then if I've got all these things in my mind, it doesn't want me to forget. So it'll keep kind of replaying and reminding me. So it's almost like there's no rest in my mind. So even that process of writing things down, it's almost like I'm kind of giving my mind permission to kind of calm down, let go of things. And then it's like I'm saying, I'll come back to this later. That would be my big one
0: to say. 100%, and i would written that down as well. A lot of people talk about morning routines and how critical it is to start your day, but a morning routine is only as good as a bedtime routine. We believe that the way you end a day is more important than how you structure the morning. The morning structure will become easier because we need rest, we need sleep. And if you're carrying so much stimuli from your business day then you're coming into your home life and you're compounding more information and more stresses and you're thinking about the business day and then you've got all the what's going on at home and then you might want to try and unwind by having a couple of drinks or just watching Netflix series or something like that. By the time you go to bed, your mind hasn't rested. You've escaped the day through a drink or the TV or whatever you do, but you haven't actually given yourself a way to decompress the day so that you can let go of it. And most people are actually really bad sleepers and typically can wake up anywhere between one and three on a regular basis because their mind is overstimulated. Now there's physical reasons why, um, but what we eat and so forth. But from a mental perspective, if we don't have a process that Tracy said to literally unpack the day and write it down, and remove ourselves from all stimulation and to dim lights and to do whatever we can to calm down our whole nervous system, to calm the mind and to calm the body, then what happens is you will hold all of these things that you think that you need to remember in your mind for the next day of business and you won't have a good sleep and then you do that day after day after day, it compounds and it compounds and it compounds that people then live for the weekends. They might not actually look after themselves the best in the weekends, or they live for the holiday and they think that the holiday is going to help them recharge, but they crash and burn because they've been living in this constant state of stress for days and weeks and months that the holidays, a lot of people get sick on holidays. So it's the small things, but it starts, we believe, if you're going to do anything, start with a nighttime bedtime routine that is the best thing you can do journaling meditation chamomile tea dimming the lights shutting down all technology playing some light music in the background
1: readings even like a um, reading meditation in itself because it's restful for the mind
0: but don't read off your ipad read from a book it's a completely different stimulation you're still getting the bright lights in your eyes which then affects your melatonin and it affects your sleep. So there is a lot more that we want to share on the mind and it will come up in all of our other podcasts because as we said, everything is interlinked. Please like, share, comment on our podcast so that we can get feedback from you because this podcast is designed to help people improve every area of their life, to create more success, love and happiness. We're starting out of the gate with the mind because the mind is the highest organizational structure. In the next podcast, we'll be talking about the body and how the mind and body are interconnected and how we truly need to heal our physical body. And if you want to learn more about Tracy and I, please visit our personal websites and connect with us on social media. We are prominent on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Evolved CEO podcast. If you value the information that is in our podcast, please like subscribe and add a review to our podcast page because it'll help us understand the value that you are receiving and more importantly, spread the world of this podcast. Also share it with your friends and your family. Now every listener of our podcast gets a free gift from us and this is our nine pillars of success, love and happiness life assessment. This is the exact same life assessment that our high level clients, which are CEOs and business leaders go through on an annual basis so that they can assess and reflect the past 12 months of their life and then plan their desired outcome for the next 12 months of their life. And this is our gift to you for listening in. So please follow the links below and you'll find the link to the assessment page. You'll also find Tracy and my social media links. We would love for you to connect with us on our social media channels. Follow our additional content on there as we want to provide as much value as we can in the event of helping you create more success, love and happiness in your life. Thank you and we'll see you in the next episode.